H-A-T-E. It was with this left hand that old brother Cain struck the blow that laid his brother low. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. It's the most horrible thing I've ever seen in my life. What is up, Criteria Kooks? You are listening to Cryfearacast, the podcast you listen to when you've gone completely mad. I am your ghost, AJ. And I am your other ghost, Gabe. And we are currently going through the most terrifying films that the Criterion Collection has to offer, whether they be nightmarish fairy tales about a deranged preacher chasing two helpless children, or an insane fever dream about a group of Japanese schoolgirls being picked off by ghosts in the most normal, understandable way. Uh, Today's completely normal and run-of-the-mill film is 1977's Japanese experimental horror comedy art girl favorite, House. House tells the story, completely normally, of a schoolgirl traveling with her six friends of varying archetypes to her ailing aunt's country home where they come face to face with supernatural events. And we have one of our favorite guests back on the show today. He heroically braved the Snyderverse with us and is now going to help us make sense of what the hell we just watched. It's Ellis Kung Fu Fontana. Woo! Hello. Woo, thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome welcome back, man. You're slowly coming for Jaren's spot as most featured guest. Yeah. Oh, I'm. I've been keeping track. I got the Excel sheet at home. Um, <laughs> keeping track of total minutes talked and everything. I will get my opinion out there. Yeah. Points made. Riffs started. Yeah. Exactly. Got the research done. Notes. I'm ready to go. Yeah, Ellis. You were you specifically asked me on this episode. Do you have a relation to House? No, I don't. Yes. I just wanted to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> talk about it i guess yeah that's yeah. that's the good vibe to go in this episode with so this was your first time watching it this was my first time watching it um so i've been obviously i've been aware of it for a long time um because it's got a really freaky cover and you know it's one of those movies when everyone ever you hear about it it's like it's the wackiest fucking thing you ever seen and that's so like that's you know pretty pretty it's up there it's up there yeah yeah it was pretty up there. I mean, it was, it didn't, it did not disappoint. Um, it was definitely not a normal type of movie. So, yeah. All right, cool. Gabe, was this the first time you saw how, well, no, I know it was, because we got to tell yeah. a story. This motherfucker yeah. <laughs> watched the wrong version for like the first 20 minutes. Yeah. So um, if you're like me <laughs> and you're like a real um, Chad, don't pay for anything kind of guy, you pirate all Broke the boy. you watch. Um, it broke uh, motherfucker is the right don't, word. Don't listen to this um fucking. Don't listen to this like fucking loser physical media price. king. Uh, it's called a phys- physical media cuck. They just can't help themselves. They have to pay like film corporations. Yeah, Gabe likes watching movies in 720p with the wrong subtitles. That happens maybe every couple films, but you know what? I'm saving money just like a real businessman would. You get but, the yeah. built-in commentary too. Built-in commentary track from the. For this random film, crap the, being said yeah and the russian guy ripping it <laughs> i'll, I'll uh, post the videos on the instagram that gabe sent me just like hey are these the right captions <laughs> i was like no <laughs> <laughs> say what you will the version i watched for the first 20 minutes was hilarious though i was having a great time it was also one of those you sent me those and i'm like i haven't seen the movie in a little while i genuinely don't know if these were yeah, the right captions because so it's such a crazy either. fucking movie yeah 
I was like, I need to look. I don't think those are right, but I don't remember correctly what the right, what the right words even would be there. Yeah, the the thing that really like you know tipped the hat was when they were like, yeah, that guy over there shart his pants. I'm like, that cannot be the right translation of that, <laughs> Mister Togo. <laughs> yeah, but this was your first time watching it, Gib. Yeah, no, I, um, this is my first viewing, and um, it was wild. It was a good. It was a it was a wild ride. Um. Yeah, I think I think it was very subversive in, in in just a lot of the the horror tropes it refused to partake in. Yeah, um, I think this movie is actually really normal and mundane and kind of run of the mill. But oh. that's just me. I'm kind of like a weird guy, so I'm different. Sure, it is. Cool. I mean it. <laughs> It kind of is, in a way, like a pretty normal film underneath everything. I mean, it is just seven girls go to a house, and then the same day, the house eats them. Yeah, it's like without all the PowerPoint presentation effects on top, it's just like the most average horror movie possible, but it's all about the presentation. Uh, Yeah, it's just everything is just done through just a very, I don't know. It reminds me of how, like, if you took all the effects and, like, video game stuff out of Scott Pilgrim, it's just a movie about a dude murdering a bunch of people. <laughs> that that and having a relationship with a minor. Yeah. Are you guys excited for the Scott Pilgrim show that's coming out? Not at all. Yeah, no, it's like an anime show, right? Yeah. <laughs> sure. First trailer looked promising, and then they dropped a clip, and it was, like, the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I think I... They they're using like the same voice actors, right? Yeah, and the thing is that most of the actors in that movie are not voice actors. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, I love Kieran Culkin in Succession, but he wouldn't be my first go to for a, a VO artist. Yeah, uh, yeah, Damn. and I'm just I'm just assuming they like recorded everyone separate in different locations, and that's why they all sound stilted. Is is that why Michael Sa- is Michael Sarah in it? Yeah, no, they're all coming back, every one of the original. Huh, that's kind of cool, but also probably not a good choice. Yeah, you can barely hear Michael Sarah's vocals over. <laughs> hey guys, uh, did you know that Michael Sarah's actually on this podcast right now? Hey guys. Um... That sounds kind of like Michael Jackson. <laughs> back from the grave, Michael Jackson's on our house episode. Yeah. Want to riff on that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, I don't know what to do with that. I'm serving you. I'm like throwing basketballs in the air and you guys just walk away from me. Sorry, I'm feeling like a wall right now. I am the Eggman. I am the Eggman. Uh, Gabe, do you want to get us into La Plata in quotation my, marks? Yeah, I'll try my best with this one. All right, bring it up, baby. Okay, so um, from what I recall... Uh, in Tokyo, a young girl um, by the name of Gorgeous uh, has plans for summer vacation with her widowed father, a father, uh, a wealthy film composer who has been away in Italy on business. When he returns home, he returns home with this really, I don't know, uh, supposedly like his his new young girlfriend who's, I don't know, I found it really unnerving the way she was depicted in this film. What about you guys? Uh, you're going to have to go in on what do you mean by unnerving? I don't know, just the way she was framed in the shots, way, the way the wind was always blowing on her and her scarf was always in the wind. I don't know. I just found it, like, uncomfortable. You know they filmed yeah. that on location? Yeah, yeah. The okay. location being a soundstage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I felt like that, too. Like, they're having a fairly normal conversation, 
and it's yeah on that like very elaborate like <laughs> patio or whatever they have a balcony and then she comes in every time this woman is on screen the movie like turns into slow motion and there's just a fan following her (laughs) wherever she goes she's like this angelic character that just like comes in and yeah it's like bad vibes you you mentioned that like in every shot she has like wind blowing on her but every other character is has like no air blowing on them (laughs) yes yeah yeah yeah. like she's just like that much more beautiful than everyone else (laughs) um she is just like this this I don't know, almost kind of ghostly like figure. Um, and yeah. And she's the replacement mom. Yeah. She's also so... only in this movie for maybe like five minutes. So maybe we should move on from her. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Keep the okay, ball so, rolling. So, um, yeah. So basically, uh, her father drops in the, the, the news on her that this is going to be her new mom. Uh, distraught, gorgeous goes to her bedroom and writes a letter to her aunt. She asked her. Uh, she asked her aunt to come visit for the summer instead of uh, going on vacation with her father. Um, Gorgeous also invites her six friends to go along with her. Um, uh, let's maybe delve give into us the rundown. Friends. What are these friends? What are their names? What are their yeah, attributes? Yeah, yeah. I was going to if you wouldn't just fucking jump in like that. I'm trying to uh, hype you up, Gabe. <laughs> uh, so um, we have Mac, which is my favorite stereotype in any film: the fat friend, which is just kind of absurd. Because when you look at like, yeah, she's not fat. Literally, <laughs> no, every other line is just like, oh, you're so big. You must be eating all the time. <laughs> they really they get the most out of the fat jokes for sure. Yeah. Not even like really jokes. They're just kind of bullying her. Yeah. They're mm. just very sharp comments where they're like, yeah, you fat fuck. It's, it's like, like, oh, yeah, she's yeah, gone missing. She must bit. be looking for food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, anytime food gets brought up at all, they're like, oh, can you pass me? Can you pass me the chicken? Which well, I also, bet Mac would like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, like, uh, when you get it, like, what are, what are the stereotypes for thin in Japan? Like, how is this friend the fat friend? Because by any American standard, she's in gray shape. So it's like... It's one of those, like, I think that's more movie than it is cultural. Like, the amount of movies in the 70s where it's, like, the fat friend and she's just, like, 90 pounds. Like, Grease, the fat, <laughs> pink ladies. Just looks like a normal... Yeah. A normal, you know, thirty-five-year-old woman, <laughs> yeah. right? She just has like a bulky jacket on. Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah, she's got like kind of a bowl cut, but other than that, she's normal. Tell us about these other girls. Yeah, we also have Prof, uh, Professor, I guess, who is uh, just supposed to be the smart one. There's not very much to pick on that one aside from she's being got smart. glasses. That's yeah, how you know. that's yeah, she's a smart one. We also have Sweetie, who is the most unremarkable of the group because she's just nice, which is like, oh. Okay, it's that's so characteristic. Sweet. Yeah, just cool friend. Yeah, aside like from uh, yeah. yeah, aside from sweet, we also have fantasy, which is kind of like the best friend of uh, gorgeous, which in and of herself is a very stereotypical name. Yeah, uh, she she managed to get away with the name gorgeous, and then you have the other friend that's named like pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is gorgeous. This is beautiful. This is fat fuck. These are my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we gave her the name. <laughs> Because they literally name her Mac after like stomach. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not even just everyone else has their own like personal little interest. And then she's just like, she likes to eat. Which Sam is always eating. The other girls, they're eating too, but. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't really eat any more than the other girls. <laughs> they keep giving like, her food. They're like, Mac, eat yeah. this food. Don't you love it? <laughs> 
there. And also the, 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 the her snack of choice in this film, at least from what I can remember, is like a watermelon, which is a pretty healthy yeah. snack. Like true. Like no, no calories at all. It's like watermelon and bananas, and they're like, you fat motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you piece of <laughs> shit. Um, there's one more grill you haven't talked about yet, Gabe, and I'm pretty no, this, sure this, this was your this, favorite. No, there's a couple more. There's a, we have fantasy. We don't really talk about her. She's just um daydreams a lot. So there's that. Yeah. We also have Melody, the one that plays music. Um, that becomes more relevant further into the plot. When she's finally banging on that favorite. piano. Yeah. We have we do have my personal favorite, which is Kung Fu. Which is uh oh. she just does she's just badass. She kicks she kicks she kicks shit, and that's pretty cool. She kicks the cat. She carries <laughs> carries the whole squad for real. No, she does carry this entire plot like plot. Yeah. Like oh like, no, no offense to every other character, but she's kind of the only competent one. Yeah, true. Professor never uh like solves anything, I'm pretty sure. Not yeah, they really. all have they all have these like attributes, but they don't really come up that much. Pretty much Max, the only one where if they didn't, you know, explicitly name her, like, yeah, I'd be like, oh, I guess she's smart because she's wearing glasses. It's it's almost like the names are like ways to fit them in to different scenes in the narrative, like fantasy. <laughs> they use fantasy basically to get away with why they don't just run out of the house immediately because they're just like, oh, you're. You're just making it up, man. You're just making up a yeah. severed head flying out of a wall and hitting <laughs> your ass. You're probably just <laughs> to be daydreaming fair, again. I mean, to be fair, if my friend told me that, I would also probably say they're making it up. So I get where they're coming from. Yeah, if, if a friend did say that a severed head came out of a well and bit me on the ass, you'd, it'd be pretty hard to believe. Yeah, well, maybe I'm just a trusting person, I guess. <laughs> it seems like a weird thing to make up. And I'd be like, okay. Let's investigate. Moving on, we uh, get introduced to their aunts. They make they make their way by train to this little countryside town. They also get encountered this really weird watermelon salesman. Um, but uh, yeah. uh, after that, they get introduced to the the uh, to F- Gorgeous's aunts, and uh, they take a tour of her home. Uh, after the tour, the girls leave the watermelon in a well to keep it cold. Mac later goes to retrieve their watermelon and does not return. When Hennessy goes to retrieve the watermelon from the well, she finds Mac's disembodied head, which flies in the air and bites Fantasy on the ass. So yeah, um, this it's is kind of normal. Things... Yeah, it's a real normal afternoon in a weird mansion in the countryside. Um, but yeah, this is where the pl- where this is kind of where things start to hit the shit hit starts to hit the fan a little bit, plot wise. What do you mean? <laughs> normal stuff happens after this. Completely yeah, normal cool things. Special effects sequences. <laughs> Yeah, this is like an example of how special effects uh, can be better when they don't look realistic. Like, this just looks like uh, they were kind of futzing around with different effects versus Mm -hmm. like if they tried to make it seem real. Like, I think about the peeling off of the face, there's like fire behind it. Like, that's a very simple plugin you can do now. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, pretty. What what do you. I, I didn't get much from that. Is it that she got trapped in the mirror or that her soul got trapped by her aunt? I never quite pick up on that one no fucking clue yeah cool ass visual yeah it was that was the meaning yeah i don't know i think yeah it is like i don't know just have to keep talking about it maybe we'll find it somewhere (laughs) let's just not go into this any deeper just be like oh that was weird yeah anyway moving on (laughs) it was a interesting choice God, there's going to be so many art girls that listen to this episode for the first time, and they're going to be so disappointed when it's just like three <laughs> dumb boys being like, that was weird. This is a weird movie. Anyway, Star Wars. 
I liked it when all the blood went everywhere. Um, that was cool. I did like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did like when the blood went everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this being that it's fantasy that made that said this, everyone kind of disregards her. But um as time moves on, things start to get more and more bizarre. Uh the aunt disappears. I, I did you remember her walking into the refrigerator? You know, that's that was fucking weird. She um, pulled a joker, it, walked into the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> you guys remember when Joker did that in Joker, the movie Joker? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I remember when Indiana Jones did that in Indiana Jones 4. Kingdom uh, we don't talk about Indiana Jones 4. We don't talk about that. But yeah, jo- Joker goes into the fridge because he's crazy. Damn. I mean, that's a pretty crazy place to go when you're just yeah. hanging out. Now, you out. want to talk about normal movies. That's not the Joker. Joker is... <laughs> A, a weird movie for weirdos and i'm not yeah. just fishing for content right now <laughs> <laughs> i gotta i remember watching joker with uh gabe and noah and noah just getting in, more and more pissed off throughout the screening like every time they play that's life i would just hear no go <sighs> like next to me <laughs> so I, I remember missing the moment God. in joker where he blows robert de niro's head off because i I was so excited that he said society that I was like freaking out and turning to everyone yeah. like, yo, he said it, he said it. And then I look back, I'm like, oh, what the fuck happened? <laughs> no, um, I was yeah. more concerned about the guy walking up and down the, the fucking uh, stairs next to us. With oh, yeah, I was on. like, god damn it. Don't let us die at Joker. That's you die at Joker. You go to gamer hell like you, you don't yeah. make it to the pearly gates if that's the last image you see. Yeah, I mean, your tombstone reads, die doing what he loves, which is watching a Batman movie with Joker. Watching a Batman adjacent movie. Batman adjacent movie, yeah. He's in it. He's in it like the baby Batman. His parents get killed. His parents do get killed. They got Alfred in there, too. You see the pearls. It's it happened. All right, that's that's not this cape shit. (laughs) Um, So the, the girls are continually uh, attacked by these possessed items across the house and gorgeous also gets attacked by uh, an, a mirror i suppose she gets possessed by a mirror that her aunts in i guess i don't know there's a lot of there's a lot of weird things going on with this mirror i think there's something there's supposed to be something there that's supposed to be thematic but i can't pick up on it i can't pick up on it because i think guy. you pretty much like summed up the whole plot by just shit hits the fan yeah, I, I mean, I'm sorry, man. It's hard to get into this fucking plot because it's like shit gets progressively weirder and there's not much to, like, I don't know, dig into. No, I mean, yeah, it is like just one by one. Um, they get eaten or turn into a ghost and the house just falls apart. And then there's like one scene at the end where we see the stepmom again um, yeah. in a fantastic scene where she just gets instantly annihilated. <laughs> for being I mean, prettier than her <laughs> <Or> whatever <laughs> I, I think i think i think the best course of action with with this film is just kind of like to pick out scenes that we thought were fun like um i always thought i thought that every kung fu scene was fun where she like starts like flying through the air and kicking like a like assorted items that are like coming at her like these weird plants and planks of wood that decide to like fly at her for no particular reason mm-hmm. yeah and every character is like, you're so cool, Kung Fu. And I'm like, she you is are. so cool. Yeah. She was cool. Yeah. I mean, she did. Yeah, she she's did. easily, at least from all the reviews and like art girls I've talked to, the breakout character of the movie. Everyone loves Kung Fu. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting, you could say. 
It was so great. I loved how they did the big reveal of the like auntie as a ghost, um, where she's in, you know, like the, you know, red and white kimono and like the geisha. She comes out and then Kung Fu instantly just starts fighting her and kicking yeah. her around the house. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. And then she just like fucks off and is not seen in the movie again. <laughs> that the rest and then but then kung fu i forget does she die does she is it like the lamp that gets her or does she just get sucked under the blood a little bit of both she gets like like electrocuted by this weird lamp and it starts to like swallow her but her legs get free of it and then she right. kicks the fuck out of the cat yes yes the disembodied leg <laughs> flying through it just smacking into the cat yeah i mean it's honestly like it looks really good all the effects um i mean the piano is the piano is probably like the worst effect even for like what they're going with as a kind of you know as yeah that very like cartoonish childish like ghost um the piano's a little rough but everything else like it manages to have that like kind of amateur look to it but it's so like clearly um defined or laid out especially that lamp scene when there's just everything flying around that 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 piano sequence really for some reason reminded me of monty python the holy grail because they're because clearly they're like (laughs) we have very high aspirations for these special effects but we're not getting there so let's just make it really fucking weird and bizarre yeah lean into the kind of chintziness i think more movies should do that like stop trying to make things look real and make them look fun yeah because I, I, yeah. I, I mean, it definitely conveyed the horror of the situation. It didn't look like, it did not look realistic in the slightest. But I was like, yeah, getting eaten by a piano does look really fucking horrifying from what I'm looking at here. It was so. great. I mean, the but also just like the effect of the fingers being cut off. I mean, that like her just <laughs> bringing up the hands <laughs> and they're just both off and she's just laughing at it. And then the piano just grabs her again. And it's just got that weird deep red um, yeah. as it's eating her. I will say some parts the... of this movie kind of felt like a YouTube poop, like pre-YouTube poop. Like, especially the part <laughs> where the cat's, like, going across the piano and keeps replaying the footage, like, rewinding the footage. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that too. It was, like, a fucking vine. Yeah, the art house to YouTube poop <laughs> uh, pipeline. <laughs> I would not be surprised if Skibbity Toilet showed up halfway through. What the fuck is Skibbity Toilet? I've watched so much of it and I don't understand what the hell is going on. I'm totally in the dark on this one. It's just like a a head in a toilet, I think. Yeah, the Skibbity conspiracy. But it's like evil. I don't know. It's it's a YouTube series of like one minute clips. And I've looked through them, tried to figure out what the hell is going on. It's just some creepy ass dude in a toilet. Yo, this is this is fucking this is straight up. Uh, this is a I know this video game engine. What is it? There's so many so many animators use this. I forget what it's called. Uh, it's Valve's fucking game, Half Life. Yeah, there it is. Okay, but yeah, like, so many. What is it? I don't get. I don't get it, dude. Every animation in this is you're not supposed to get it. That's definitely the point. Okay, but there's like five hundred skibbity toilets. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it now. Holy shit, there's a lot of skibbity toilets. He's he uploaded new ones like every day last week. I don't understand. Like, is it a story, dude? I think you're getting too far into it. I don't have enough worms in my brain to understand Skibbity Toilet. 
I just know that <laughs> the, ki the kids uh, who I teach are obsessed with it, and I'm worried that it's ruining their minds. Dude, I love this already. All right, let's get to the bottom of Skibbity Toilet while Ellis figures out his internet. I gotta look up, like, if there's a Know Your Meme about Skibbity Toilet. Oh, there's a full-ass Wikipedia. Okay. The series depicts a war between the Skibbity Toilet's disembodied heads inside moving toilets, which can be killed by being flushed down, and a faction of people with hardware for heads, such as cameras, loudspeakers, or televisions. Yeah, I'm watching these skibbity toilets right now, and dude, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Oh, I'm so worried for children growing up with this. I mean, were we were were we any different, really? I mean, we grew up with like happy tree friends, but there was more artistry put into that than like just random skibbity toilets. Actually, no, well, we had a we had a lot of garbage. Yeah, no, no, dude, we had so much shit. We also had the Pain Olympics, which were just freely accessible online. The what Olympics? pain olympics you never got oh wow i don't know the pain olympics yeah you don't want to know dude i don't know uh, for all it. those listeners we lost ellis the skibbity toilet conspiracy has taken yeah, skibbity him. toilet took him out we'll see if he comes back <laughs> he's done <laughs> you gotta keep talking about skibbity toilet till he's back i'm gonna do a live reaction of skibbity toilet 57 part two. Oh, hold on hold pause it i'll, I'll watch it with you yeah all right Pull up. It's Skibbity Toilet 57 Part 2. 57 Part live 2? Reaction. Yeah. Why is there a 57 I, Part 2? I don't know. Do you, you're asking 58. me questions that God, I, you expect me to know. Okay, ready? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta load it up. I'm gonna put the volume down a little because I'm sure it's just like ear shattering. It is. Yeah, I'm turning it down now. Okay, live reaction Skibbity Toilet. Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Okay, the big ass robot, I guess. I'm not seeing a toilet though. I think that was the skibbity toilet, the giant thing. No, that's not Jesus a toilet Christ, guy. this hurts. Yeah, this is vision. Oh, there's a toilet. So that's a skibbity toilet, and the oh, yeah, fucking the dumb. other things, the faction. I guess so. This is just noise. Yeah, this is awful. Are oh yeah, sure that's the, that's the thing they always go skibbity, 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 skibbity. Kids love to do that. Just go skibbity, skibbity, skibbity. Is this actually popular? Yeah, kids love skibbity toilet. Huh. And it worries me because I'm trying to teach them how to read. I think every skibbity toilet video you watch, you lose like 1% of your brain. <laughs> Just forever. You're never getting it back. It's been replaced by skibbity toilet. Skibbity, 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 skibbity. Oh, Source is the engine that this is made on. It's made in hell. What are you talking about? I'm just talking about the, the graphics that this is made in. And it's it was made by Lucifer in the pits I'm, of the River Styx. No, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. But uh, yeah, no, this, it was, what's weird about this is that this game engine has been around since like, the fucking early 2000s. I can't believe people are still using this shit. I... Uh, uh, clearly, it's still working. It's paying the bills. Do people make money off Skibbity Toilets? Is there Skibbity oh, Toilet yeah. merch? Dude, they they have they have thirty one point four million subscribers. They have God, to be making. God, they, they have to have some kind. Of... Hey, Alice, you're back. Alice, you're guys. back. We thought Sorry Skibbity Toilet that. took you out for a second. 
Yeah, we were scared. We got too close to the truth. (laughs) The skibbity spook showed up and took Ellis. Gabe, what else happens in this movie? (laughs) (laughs) We talked way too long about skibbity toilet, but... Of course, yes. Now back to normal storytelling. Yeah, back to the normal average run-of-the-mill movie. So as as uh, as hijinks unfolds in this house, the girls try to escape. Max severed head also keeps coming back and tormenting them every once in a while. Uh, specifically, Sweetie, um, Melody also begins to play the piano as the girls split up and go upstairs to try to uh, find Gorgeous. Uh, this is where the piano scene kind of takes place, where Melody starts playing the piano and then slowly has her fingers bitten off by the piano, which is a, kind of a standout scene in the whole movie. Upstairs, uh, Kung Fu Professor uh, find Gorgeous wearing a bridal gown, who then reveals that her aunt, who reveals her aunt's diary to them. Uh, Kung Fu follows Gorgeous as she leaves the room, only to find Sweet's body trapped in a grandfather clock. Um, do you guys remember Sweet? She's like the most unremarkable character. Of course, in the yeah. Cast. I remember yeah. Sweet. She's sweet. Yeah, she like is <laughs> walking around. She's the filler character. Yeah. Well, when I when I when when she was in the clock, I like I was like, who the fuck is that again? I'm like, oh no, sweet. I'm like, oh, I forgot she was even a character in this whole thing. Yeah. Fantasy's the one that makes it to the end. Yeah, right. fantasy's the is the is the is the end is the what's the what's it called? The end girl? The final, girl. final girl. Final girl, yeah. The final yeah. girl, yeah. I thought it was fun that they killed the final girl too. I thought she was gonna get out for the longest time. Nah, man, no one makes it out of house. Yeah. Kind of a kind of a dark movie. It's just like, yeah, you know. Maybe the best thing is to just um, kill your stepmother. Yeah, or don't yes. go to the house in the first place. That would kill be my your... advice. Don't go to the house. Yeah. The, the advice of the film is don't trust your extended family. They're weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so after they after they read their, their aunt, her aunt's diary, they kind of realize that uh, she's long been dead and that she's a ghost. And it's like, oh, well, that would explain all the weird shit that's going on in the house. Um <laughs> Oh, that uh, was it. Oh, <laughs> this whole time I was like, hey, what's going on with this house? Oh, it's a ghost. It's a fucking ghost. You got a ghost um, problem. Yeah. Auntie, is there anything you'd like to say? I would love a, love all these young girls in my house. <laughs> and it just immediately from the outset, you're like, oh, she's going to murder all of them. And then you oh, yeah. don't realize it. Yes. Also, I, do- I don't. How did no one notice the cat's eyes keep glowing green? That was kind of a big indicator. Yeah, it's glowing. Yeah, every time something would go crazy, it was the cat fucking with them. To be fair, like if I saw a cat's eyes all of a sudden glow green, I'd just be like, they probably do that. That seems in character (laughs) with most cats. That just goes to reinforce my like uh, bias against cats. That's why I'm a dog guy. If they had a a pet dog, none of this weird shit would have happened. Yeah. Um, But they didn't. Yeah. So, uh, so her aunt's spirits remains uh, begin eating these unmarried girls because that's part of her character is to specifically only eat unmarried girls. The three girls are then attacked by household items. Uh, Professor shouts to Kung Fu to attack the aunt's cat, Blanche. As Kung Fu lunges to a flying kick, she's eaten, possessed by a light fixture. Uh, Kung Fu's legs manage to escape and damage the painting Blanche on the wall, which in turn kills Blanche physically. The attack Blanche portrait spurts blood, causing the room to flood. Professor tries to read the diary, but a jar of teeth pulls her into the blood, where she dissolves. Fantasy sees Gorgeous in the bridal gown and paddles towards her. 
uh, gorgeous appears to be a, a appears as her aunt in the reflection in the blood and then cradles fantasy in the uh, morning okay. i gotta be real i don't think it's blanche i think it's blanche blanche i don't know yeah, <laughs> yeah. blanche i like blanche. the little accent you added but i think it's supposed to be blanche blanche is that how you i don't know yeah, I that's, how they that's how they pronounce in japan i mean yeah to be fair uh, we're they could, they could the be americanized blanche. version maybe yeah. maybe they were saying blanche and i'm just being a jerk but I don't see. I don't know. Tomato, tomato. You know, get off my ass. I decided to put it out there so we didn't get angry comments from. Oh, that's that's what they're going to be upset about. Isn't us not being able to figure out this film, but the pronunciation of. But talking about skibbity toilet for ten minutes, they'll be yeah for that. (laughs) All right. Anyways, uh, they they all die. You know, a bit of a cynical end to this film. But just to make things worse. Uh, in the morning, Ryoko arrives, her new estranged stepmother, um, just to find Gorge in a classical kimono. Gorge just tells Ryoko that her and her friends will wake up soon and that they will be hungry. She then shakes hands with Ryoko and burns her away into nothing. And uh, Finn, that's it. Uh, we also, we knew what wasn't in the synopsis was uh, talking about that one guy, the one guy with sideburns. Oh, uh, yeah. Mr. Gets... What's his name? Mr. Something? Mr. Togo. Yeah, Togo. Mr. Togo. Yeah. The one scene, the, the fucking one scene that kills me is when he like falls down the stairs, gets his butt stuck in a bucket, and just like spins <laughs> <Yes>. around. <laughs> I forgot about that scene. Yes. Yeah. It was just at the beginning. No house involved at all. This is that, just. That's my favorite Togo. moment in House. Yeah. I think about that all the time. That's the one that honestly stuck with me the most was just him fucking falling <laughs> down the stairs. Yeah. Spinning, doing a little spin. I mean, Toko's it, hijinks were kind of like really funny. Where he's in traffic, he's like trying to eat ramen. And then he gets turned yeah. into bananas at the end. He gets turned into bananas. It was funny. It was like they felt like they needed a comedic relief character for, like, for... to take away to <laughs> take a break from the serious drama of the rest of the movie. Guys, I'm worried this movie's getting weighed down in dr- the dramatics. We gotta liven it up with some humor. Cut back to Mr. <laughs> Togo. Um, they also had a small like one of the Mac had a crush on Mr. Togo as well. That was a whole part of it. They kind of like. I remember I wrote a note about him because they were talking about him so much at the beginning of the movie. Fantasy also apparently like convinced him to come out there. So I think there was like a weird love triangle going on in that friend group. Yeah, it was like they were going to initially go with Mr. Togo to some inn or something. And then he fell through. And so that's why. And so that Gorgeous is like, well, come with me to my aunt's house because I'm going to my aunt's house because my fucking asshole dad has got this new <laughs> bitch stepmom <laughs> that i hate he's trying to replace my mom and trying to replace me too <laughs> so i'm gonna go hang out with my aunt and then mr togo comes along and gets turned into bananas yes yeah. of course oh. yes yeah <laughs> now this yeah. I, think, I think this i think this might be the most varied film as far as like uh just like what happens in it with like the kung fu scenes and the comic relief of mr togo and like just all the oddities going on visually. It's like one of the most, yeah. It's like I was saying with our All That Jazz episode, this is what I call an everything movie. You're going to get yeah. a little bit of everything. You're not going to go away from House being like, well, that was that was barely a movie. Like, nothing happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you even get like a very melodramatic bits too, especially mm-hmm. on that gorgeous vista of a porch that they have with just like a beautiful sunset permanently in the background. Um, and yeah, and then just all the scenes of gorgeous applying makeup very slowly, looking in the mirror. Um, yeah, 
God, are there any other scenes we want to talk about? I feel like there's so much shit that happens in this movie that lasts like five seconds. You could do a whole like diatribe on just all of the insane choices. Um, I'm trying to recall. I mean, the there's there's like a really cool imagery with the cat on the wall, the painting of the cat. Um, and that, and yes. now it's like yeah, and it, I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. because obviously the, the they, witch cat, the witch cat, yeah. It was it was just like interesting imagery when it was like had had its mouth like mouth flexing, and I thought at some point it was going to eat one of them. Yeah, and then at the end, uh, yeah, this uh, angry cat is spewing blood all over these unmarried girls. It's very, you know, it feels like a very Freudian movie in a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. ways. <laughs> well, um, also, how they they drowned in this blood too is also very shock, like striking, you know, imagery wise. Yes, they're drowning in all this blood. I really did like. I loved all the blood effects. I love that 70s um, horror blood or like the Dario Argento vivid neon blood. Um, there's like a specific shot when they're doing the like backstory um, and it's all in like that sepia look for all the World War II backstory. And then when she's waiting for her her fiance she's like rips the rose and the blood of the rose just goes yeah. over her sepia hands um just like yeah i mean the obviously the movie is just full of all these like tiny it lasts for like a second and it's just this very um evocative image um or interesting use of perspective too it felt like a it felt like the entire movie or at least like half of it was pulled from like a direct point of view like a scene would literally go in between two characters, like looking at each other, and then a vignette would come in to draw you to another yeah. part of the frame. Um, yeah, very cool stuff. Yeah, this might be the most edited movie ever. It's like, hey, we need like three more things on top of this shot. Yeah. Can you use 10 cuts to show gorgeous looking to something across the room? I was trying to like count all the different wipes they had and be like, all right, have they done a circle wipe yet? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> circle wipes. Plant wipes. Um, for the for the uninitiated, what's a wipe? It's a, a transition. So it's like, you know, in Star Wars when it's like the scene ends and you see it like side. go across. Yeah. So a wipe. Gotcha. Yeah. Lots of the Looney Tune. Just the big like circle collapsing in on the frame. Yeah. Um, yeah. My favorite is the star wipe. I think that needs to be used more. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, I loved the um, loved how much was fit into almost every frame, um, but it also had just this very like dollhouse look to a lot of it, especially when they're in the bus ride and they're in the countryside. Yeah, and it comes out and it's got that like wonderful matte painting and like the little rest stop they're at is also a little backdrop yeah it looks then, very like a barbie definitely ripped this yeah and then they're like going across the bridge and it's showing like the, like it's a sitcom or something the different characters yeah uh, coming in Max, the fat one. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so lovely stuff like that um but yeah, and it just elevates the whole thing. Because yeah, the whole thing is you got kind of all the beats of just like it also predates it. Uh, uh, just a typical kind of 80s slasher type of, or just whatever horror movie. You know, kids come in from the city, they're going to the country. They meet yeah. some kind of 
character along the side of the road that gives them some ominous warning. Um, in this case, it's the watermelon seller, watermelon seller, uh, who also did the film's score too. Um, I was like, that was a composer. Up. Yeah, he was the film composer. Um, there's like a story that the director was talking about where he's like, oh, you know, he, while he was like kind of making his way through um, the Japanese, you know, cinema industry uh, as a commercial director, he knew this guy and he was like, just like, I just want to compose a film for you. I'll just, if you're ever going to do a film, let me, let me do the music for it. I can do the music for it. And he's like, okay, I got this movie now. Um, here's the script. Here's what we're going with. And he came back and he's like, I don't know how to do this. I can't. I can't make music for this movie. I don't know what it's about. And then um, he said, all right, you'll be the watermelon guy then. Yeah, you'll be the watermelon <laughs> guy. And he still, he, he did do it. He got that that one theme that they use for probably like 45 solid minutes. This, yeah. this piano theme is going over <laughs> in some variation uh, in the movie. Um, but yeah, so he did it. And it was, it was that and then some other Japanese band that did the music. Now they had some funky music in this one. I mean, the, I think the they composer did. did the, the composer did a good job, but they I I was enjoying that like late seventies vibe music where it's like just about to break into pie funk, but not quite. Yeah, they'd be like walking down a hallway, and then it would just be like some guy riffing on a <laughs> doing some slap bass. Oh uh, no, over I, yeah, jazz. <laughs> Cause, cause I, I have, I have a bass now, and I, I was like, I'm grabbing this bass, and I'm doing that line real quick. That was a funky ass. That was a good ass line. Yeah, yeah, it pops, it pops, bro. Um, but yeah, very cool stuff. Yeah. Do we have any more scenes we want to talk about? You want to talk about our favorite transitions for shots? Good circle wipe, a, a ripple effect, a fade uh, to I... black. I, I'm just uh, I'm a sucker for the vignette stuff. I love I love a big circle wipe. Um, I love whenever I love whenever the director comes in and just circles something in the frame. It's like, look at this idiot. Look at that. <laughs> it's like yeah. some people use like shot composition to direct your eye. Other times you literally just have to take a marker and be like, yeah, that's the character you should look at. Right, like you're uh, <laughs> like you're yeah. commenting on a football game. <laughs> oh my god well, did any of you guys watch the fucking toy story football game what no what so pixar did this thing where they like recreated as it was happening live a football game i don't remember who was playing but like they made them toys so it's like they're they're commenting they have the actual commenters commentators talking about the game but then every once in a while they'll be like oh and then over on the sidelines is bullseye doing his famous trick they're like, all right, Travis Kelsey's down at the 50-yard line, and there's Emperor Zerg. <laughs> that, I did not see this now. And none Dude. of the toys talk because all you know actors are on strike, so it's just like Woody just <laughs> like pantomiming, being silent on the sidelines while these weird AI uh, football toys just do the game. We're getting weird. Dude, reality's getting weird. Where, like, it's one of the stranger like... things that Disney's done in a while. And I have to imagine it's solely because like every department is striking against them and they're like, all right, who, who, who do we still have that can make us content? The NFL. We'll get the NFL. They'll help us out. Classic ESPN. The good old <laughs> NFL. Yeah. It can always that's rely like, on them. That's, that's, like mean, a di that's a diabolical duo right there is the NFL and Disney. I mean, it's honestly adding up too. I'm pretty sure 
Taylor Swift is probably accepting some Disney money on the side. Oh, she yeah. just starts showing up at every fucking NFL game in the season. I think that governments need to get Taylor Swift on their payroll. Like, imagine the public transit system if they were just like, all right, Taylor, take one metro, go on a bus one time. We can fund this for 10 years if you do that. Hey, Taylor, we need a song about public transit ASAP. Yeah. Please. Founding, founding fathers specifically wrote in a provision against that. It'd be too, too tyrannical for a government, <laughs> too powerful. It's the, the division of she belongs to the people. The, the division of state and Swifties. Imagine if we oh, yeah. got Taylor Swift talking about like universal health care. Yeah. yeah. There's I'm nobody on planet right. Earth I fear more than Swifties. They will pinpoint your location. And I just want to be on the record. I like Taylor Swift. Please don't add us or pinpoint our location on Google and then try to kill don't, us. Don't be a coward. Yeah, don't come at me, Swifties. I don't give a fuck about your weird musician. No, I genuinely like Taylor Swift. She's got some bops. No, yeah, I, I I like Taylor Swift as a person a lot. I just I'm not a big fan. The music doesn't speak to me all that. Okay, much. that's wild to like her personal life, but not her music, <laughs> dude. I, I, I yeah, I, I don't care. I think she seems she seems like a cool person, but I don't know. She definitely does not like... seem chill. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't think she seems chill? No, she's she's the most famous musician in the world. Of course, she's not chill. You can't be when you're that famous. I, I think we would be friends. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> let's get her on the show, maybe. Yeah, I think she would like talking about house. Doesn't her boyfriend have a podcast? Doesn't Travis Kelsey host like a football podcast? He might. He? Um, Probably, I don't know. I saw a, a clip of him on a podcast enough. talking about Taylor Swift and their relationship. So you know, we get him in our network. Next thing you know, we got Taylor Swift coming on to talk about double um, indemnity. I'm more of a Jason Kelsey guy myself. You know, Travis, Travis Kelsey. No, Jason Kelsey, his older brother. Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey's his older brother. Yeah, his uh, they're both the brothers play in the NFL. They're pretty cool. I gotta be real. I didn't know either of them until Taylor Swift put them on the map. (laughs) Dude, that's so until Taylor Swift (laughs) made them famous. Yeah. Oh God. Have you seen those like TikToks of uh, girls saying that to their boyfriend and then like secretly filming them? Like, you know, it's wild that no one even knew who Travis Kelsey was until Taylor Swift came (laughs) along, and they're just like. Okay, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just getting like irrationally uh, mad. I, 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 that is kind of cool. Like, be, like girls really being with troll guys now. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I know. No, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, Jason, Jason Kelsey pretty much spearheaded a Christmas album with his fellow offensive linemen. They, they dropped wow. a Christmas album. Well, now yeah, they got know. Taylor in their corner. They should make, they should yeah, remix, they should. do, do Taylor's version of they, they the should. Christmas album. It was actually sure. a really good album, though, believe it or not. I definitely don't believe that, but. They'd have really, no, they just had a really talented singer on their offensive line. Wow, oh, damn, that's cool. I don't know. You wanted, you wanted, you wanted these diatribes with the Kelseys. No, yeah. I'm, I was being genuine. I think that's cool. Uh, okay. that they got a good singer that's also playing football. What yeah, instrument does he play? Oh no, no vocalist. They're, they, no, they were they're just both, doing singing. Yeah, they're both vocalists. Okay, interesting. Wow, he can do it all. Guys, we're no, getting some is... good content this episode. <laughs> <laughs> This um, one might get us death threats if <laughs> it gets out. No, 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 no. Nah, yeah. Uh, Taylor Swift, you're welcome on the podcast anytime. Do you guys want to move into production Linden slash all that context? Oh, uh, dude, I like I like all that context. That's I that's would, a new should we space. should we rename it? Is it no longer production Linden? Yeah, get get rid of it. <laughs> God damn it! All right, now it's all that context. See the context. Oh, behind um, that jazz is good too, though. 
What? Oh, behind that jazz. Okay, what's yeah. better, Ellis? You be the tiebreaker. All that context or behind that jazz? I like all that context. I do too. Yeah. yeah. I already have the little thing made for all that context, so that's what okay. we're gonna do. All right, Ellis, I want you to guess what movie inspired the director to make this movie. What, uh, it's John. a 70. Wait, do you know? I know. I did, I, Wait, Gabe, I do you know? This I was very I'm, I'm looking at the document. Movie. God damn it. I was really hoping to have you guess. <laughs> I looked yeah, up so, the uh, Following the success of the American film Jaws, uh, just want to put that out there. This movie was inspired by Jaws. <laughs> he saw well, Jaws dude, the, and said, the, 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 I'm going to make a movie just like that. AJ, the parallels are obvious. They're both movies. They are movies. Blood. Mm -hmm. They both star Roy Scheider. Um, Yeah. Anyway, a proposition came from the Toho Film Studio for Nobu Nobu Hiko Obayashi to develop a similar script. To develop a similar script to Jaws. Again, I have to say, I really... (laughs) It needs to be firmly cemented that this movie... It was inspired by and tried to be Jaws. That was the intention going in. In all fairness, they did have one scene where a girl got eaten in water, which is as close as you can get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of, um, you know, is he passing through the telephone, you know? I see the influence. <laughs> Uh, to find inspiration for the story, Obayashi discussed ideas with his preteen daughter. Uh, Nobuhiko sought her ideas, believing that adults only think about things they understand. Everything stays on that boring human level, while children can come up with things that can't be explained. Yeah. That's his movie. Yeah. I said, yeah. like, basically all the main scare uh, sets were just this, like, kid's idea. She's just like, I, I, it's kind of scary to think if a futon would fall on me. He's like, okay, futons attack a girl. Or she's like, oh, I'd be scared if the piano bar hit my knuckles. And, yeah. and a house that eats girls. That was and one a house that eats girls. girls. That would scare me if I saw it too. If I ran into a house that ate girls, A, I'd be just furious because that's fucking sexist. B, I'd be terrified because I don't want girls to be eaten by houses. That's so true. I mean, your background... That was oh, yeah. house my background girls. is Monster House, the what is it like 2005 movie Monster House? That movie did scare me when I was a kid. Scared me too. The idea of like being buried in cement fucked me yes, up. Yes, that was yeah, such that a was... scary scene. That's like, oh damn. The rest was okay. Um Obayashi the... incorporated themes of the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki into the script. Um that's pretty much just gonna be baked into a good majority of yeah, uh, Japanese horror for the following decades after that. It was kind of a fucked up thing that happened. Uh, we talked about it a little <laughs> bit in our Dreams episode, but the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, pretty fucked up. Probably shouldn't have done it. Kind of easily one of the scariest things that could ever happen to you. Ellis, like, what are your uh, hot takes on the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Um, yeah, did, oh, you support, did you support or were you not a fan? Look, I... My would, you give a, that... would you give it a yay or a nay? I just think we should not have gone for the H bomb. That's my only. We were fine stopping at the A bomb. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, I I would say it's I'd say war is pretty bad, and the things that humans do to each other. Um, are okay, well that was a nothing fucking answer. Pretty grotesque. Um, but uh, what am I supposed to say? It's pretty bad. 
Uh, I mean, you could have had you could have had some courage. It's the coolest thing ever. It kind of set me up. You're forcing me to get a hot take. That's not Israel and Palestine. How do we feel about that, guys? Is that a yay or nay? I've been looking over the odds. What other major tragedies can we comment on in this episode? We talked about. We always do a good old fashioned nine eleven. Nine eleven. That was fucked up. You ever listen to those like phone calls? Is this going to be yeah. another clip we talk about 9-11? <laughs> Our go-to bit, 9-11. You guys ever see that video of the dude who was filming the billboard for the Mariah Cara, mo- or Mariah yes. Cara movie uh, Glitter, and then he just pans up and it's the Twin Towers <laughs> on fire? Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. That's... that's a They were memeing it as it was happening. <laughs> It's honestly great content. Yeah, never found, forget. People, I found some people post on YouTube like a uh, edit of like just a cable news channel the day of, and they included all the commercials and shit. <laughs> and they had like the beginning as they were doing just some interview. It was uh, what's his name, the uh, guy who got uh, Matt something who, who was like a news guy who got me to. Um, Oh, I know you're talking about the yeah, silver yeah, hair yeah. guy. Matt. Yeah, he was on. He was on uh, Good Morning America, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. he was interviewing some guy, and it was just like some dumb biography about some dumb president. And it was oh no, it was about like fucking um, the guy from the Aviator. Uh, it was like they're just talking about how late he got, and there's just a timer in the video that was like the towers have been on fire for three minutes now, and they have not cut. And then they just halfway through, they're like, okay, now that the interview's over, uh, 9-11's going on. So. <laughs> Yo, you guys see this shit? 9-11's happening. <laughs> yeah. So then they just cut to that. Honestly, it's just so crazy that, like, one of the most consequential events in human history was just filmed for probably a collective thousand hours of footage. Um, yeah, yeah. we're together. in the digital age, you know. Yeah. I'm sure if we had smartphones during Pearl Harbor, we'd have a lot more footage of it, too. Yeah, probably. Can you imagine someone, like, taking a selfie during Pearl Harbor? Yeah, the plane <laughs> is, like, in the back. We could definitely do, like, an AI prompt of that, but I feel yeah, a little yeah, evil I, I'm, to me. I'm, I'm going to do that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, okay. Sorry, God. Do we have any more 9-11 hot takes, or can I move on? I don't have a no, no, hot no. take. <laughs> But to keep it tied to the atomic bomb, I, there was uh, one of the facts about why he chose to make it about the bomb is he lived in Hiroshima as a kid. Oh, and wow. he, he said he had lost all his childhood friends to the bomb. And so it's kind of, it is very strange then to see like just how upbeat everything is uh, in this movie. Um and they don't let it get them down they got right back on the horse yeah they're good it was the pick-me-up they needed they got nice (laughs) makeup it builds character it was a wake-up call really i mean it definitely yeah okay (laughs) you co-signed that statement ellis yeah i mean they were kind of fucking around a little bit yeah they're doing a lot of bad shit if you're gonna make someone stop doing stuff like that I mean, it's a pretty good way to go about it, I suppose. There's probably a few um, steps you could have taken before doing that to make them stop. Yeah. You you also probably could have stopped with the first one, though, where it's like one nuclear bomb, 
probably got the message across. Two nuclear bombs was just for fun. Yeah. But three would have canceled the second one out. So Yeah, three would have made it funny again. Yeah. <laughs> three they should have dropped in some random ass country that wasn't even doing shit. Like Portugal, just like, yeah, fuck you, Portugal. <laughs> just catch some yeah. strays. <laughs> this is this is for the Santa Maria, you son of a bitch. Alright, so all of that was edited out. Uh, the script for House was greenlit shortly after being presented to Toho. No directors at Toho were interested in directing the film as they felt it would end their career. Uh, fans of his commercial and film work helped uh, the director promote House before it was even in production. Products based on a house that were released before the movie included a manga, a novelization of the script, and a fucking radio drama. Can you imagine this movie as a radio drama? <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, I wonder, I would love to hear that drama. Literally, and what would that sound like? Do they just describe all the crazy shit that happens? I get. I suppose so. Like, what do they, how would they describe the mirror scene? It would just like, sound like Gabe doing La Plate. It'd be like, what are you talking about? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that radio drama was successful enough that it got uh, House the Green Light and... The majority of the cast of House was not established actors, with many having primarily only worked with Obayashi on his commercials and independent films. The most experienced members of the cast were the ones playing Gorgeous and Auntie. Yeah, I do think that um, Obayashi's background as a commercial director is, you know, it does feel like this is the this is a movie that. I feel like someone could not make unless they came from a more outside perspective like that, like having to cram in all so much information into like one minute yeah. and just, you know, all the reliance on, um, you know, visuals to completely carry the meaning of a scene or not even just the meaning of a scene, but obviously like just what the scene is. Um, like a piano just eating up a woman and then her bits flying all over the ether for a little bit while everyone screams. Yeah, he doesn't have time to dwell on character motivation. You got to get in and out. You came for the the horror and he's going to give it to you. He's not going to be like, well, her backstory is like, not nah, fuck that. Let's see a piano eat a girl. You get yeah, it. She's, yeah. the, she's smart. She's fat. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other roles in the film were filled by members of the crew and their families. For example, uh, Obayashi's daughter plays the little girl at the shoemaker shop, and the film's production designer plays the shoemaker. Cute. Yeah, that's cute. I like that. I like Very that nice. one. It's like a kind of family effort. Yeah, yeah. Just one that's big, nice. one big happy family over there. Turning the camera behind the scenes for a little bit. Uh, Obayashi received special permission to direct the film, despite not being a member of the Toho staff. House was filmed on one of Toho's largest sets, where Obayashi shot the film without a storyboard over a period of about two months. Imagine not like visually planning this movie out before. I don't. I yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand that fact at all. Like, I mean, to uh, be fair, it kind of has the impression of like someone who's just fucking around on like Premiere or After Effects, trying a bunch of shit. Be like, right. oh, I can do this. Cool. Right. Yeah, the, the the piano scene is like seems like the perfect example of that. Where he's like, I want to make the piano eat her, but I don't know how the fuck that's gonna happen with my budget. Yeah, yeah. and just have it rotate a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> let it just fly around. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he described the attitude on the set as very upbeat, and he often skipped, sang, and played quiz games with the younger actresses on set. 
Yeah, very cute. We love a non-toxic, happy set. Yeah, the Toho crew did think that the film was nonsense. Most yeah. people involved in this were like, what the fuck is going on? So <laughs> it's not like I mean, they were, you know, like, oh, normal movie, let's release it. They're also like, what the hell is this? After yeah. doing the plot, after attempting to do the plot synopsis, I can't blame them. Like reading the script for that must have been fucking wild. Yeah, I saw a line when I was reading up about the movie that was like, Toho Inc. had lost so much money at this point on films that were comprehensible that they're willing to make a film that's incomprehensible. Yeah, and see if that made money, and it did make money. That's good. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take risks on weird crap because you know, like sometimes you end up with just weird crap, but other times you get cult hits and successes. Like I don't know, you know, just from the outset, Barbie's kind of weird crap when you think about it. Like, what are you? They're making a movie about Barbie, and they're making it like right. meta. Yeah, if you like, if you try, if you try to pitch the plot of Raising Arizona too, where it's like he just kind of steals a kid. Yeah. It's like that's definitely a weird movie, but a really good one. Or like another good example is Deadpool. That was a movie that's artistically different oh, from the... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> We're not riffing on Deadpool. Not on, <laughs> not on my podcast. <laughs> um, uh, what else do I want to talk yeah. about? Production. Uh, Toho did not expect House to be successful, but the film became a commercial hit, becoming specifically popular with a youth audience. The film did not receive many reviews in Japan, and those did receive were pretty poor. And the and House was not widely seen in the U.S. until 2009, where it became a cult hit among cinephiles and art girls who don't text AJ back. <laughs> oh damn! Art girls that text in all lowercase. Yeah, the literal the scum of the earth. This is a real caps off type movie. Yeah. Yeah, this movie's this movie's got a got a big following. A lot of people really love it. Uh I don't know if I'm really one of them. I appreciate it. I like just watching some weird stuff. Like I was saying to Gabe before we started recording, it's like how often do you get to see weird shit in movies? Like we gotta we gotta savor when we get just totally bonkers go for broke movies like this, because otherwise it's just slop. Yeah, otherwise it's just like an MCU bullshit. Stop. <laughs> now, did you 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 want some clips? Let's talk about a uh, uh, secret like Invasion Wars. Where the fuck that was? Secret Invasion, <laughs> the the film that nobody saw. It's not even. A, it's a TV show. It's like six episodes. Oh, is it? Uh, I don't know. Like this is the thing. No, I I don't know anybody in my personal life that has ever tried to watch it. Yeah, it's illegal. It's... it's illegal to watch it. If you try to watch it, people will come to your house and arrest you. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the new litmus test with the government. If like you're like a risk to you know national security, it's like yeah, you, you get put on a list if you boot up Secret <laughs> Invasion on Disney Plus. You, you you go on the no fly list. And <laughs> <laughs> I say contacts to you. They're like, hey, we saw they, have, they have a separate list. It's like terrorist and then just cringe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ellis, did you watch Secret Invasion? No, I did not watch Secret Innovation. I have not watched any of the uh, Star Wars or uh, Marvel shows or any of the stuff that they are churning out just about every two months at this point. I mean, what was like? What was even the last Marvel movie? Was, uh, like was it Quantum? Was it Quantum Mania? Was that no? It was a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Oh, oh yeah, that was supposed to be. That was supposed you to know be what? most people. I saw that. So. It was enjoyable. I, I, I didn't did. think it was as good as the first two, but I was I like, okay, that. that's the last one I need to see. Yeah. yeah, that was. I watched that the last time I came back here to Iowa City, um, before I moved back, like on a visit, and I was like, 
and went with my dad to go see it. And we had watched all the Marvel movies when I was like growing up because he liked them as well. And I remember like just hanging out at Sycamore Theater and like the door, the automatic door opening up and just scraping on the concrete and then just walking in. It was like a matinee showing. So it was just like pallid LED lights or not even LED fluorescent lights um, as you go in. Um, and just, it was just this horribly sad experience in so many ways. I was like, going <laughs> to this place I've been to like hundreds of times as a kid. <laughs> it was just like a shell. And then I watched Guardians of the Galaxy 3, where the main plot opens up with half of it, half of the important stuff taking place in other movies at this point um, that I forgot. And then I watched it and it was pretty good. And then that night I was like, damn, I am glad I don't have to live in Iowa City anymore. Sycamore Theater, truly one of the worst (laughs) theaters I've ever been to. It's so bad. Do you know how crazy the Cedar Rapids Theater is clowning on Sycamore Theater? They have IMAX screens. They have like seats that can recline. They have a whole ass restaurant in the theater, like in the lobby. Oh, yeah, nice. but in all fairness, in all fairness, this is this is so for all the listeners, this is some straight up Iowa beef. They are Cedar Rapids and they, they do smell like shit. They are Cedar Rapids, they smell like shit, but they have this they just had this nice ass theater just sitting there in the middle of nowhere when it should yeah, be. Yeah, they they don't deserve it. Us. That's the real I, I don't think I could go back to Sycamore Theater. I'm spoiled for movie theaters out in Los Angeles. And if I I think if I had to see Greg Marcus's stupid face, I would <laughs> throw something at the screen. <laughs> I got Nicole yeah. Kidman wishing me like good luck at the movies or whatever the hell she's saying in that. And yeah, if I have yeah, Greg yeah. Marsh back, so we love movies here at Market Theater. Oh God, it's the worst every time. I, I remember going yeah. to a, one screening and as soon as Greg Marcus came on, this was like a midnight screening. Uh, I think it was Incredibles 2. He comes on for his little message where he's like, well, thank you for so much for coming to the theater and people booed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the theater chain he owns, like th- these are his theaters and people are booing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Nicole Kidman, to... literally every single time I've seen the Nicole Kidman ad, someone has clapped. Like, Greg Marcus, <laughs> get your shit together. Yeah, also just get off the screen. Like, get be a businessman, you fucking asshole. They started incorporating the fact that people didn't like his stick into the into the things oh. for like a little bit there was like yeah. two or three you got meta Greg marcus got meta. yes yeah. he did he was like oh it's me again it's me the guy that you hate <laughs> yeah um like there was one it's like well i bet you would like my dad and then there's just like some guy next to him like, yeah i love when he brings <laughs> his like ugly family on too <laughs> yeah he's like Greg marcus's busted wife <laughs> yeah more people yeah. need to like cyberbully greg marcus until he just hides his face you know what pre-message movie i loved was when woody harrelson was at film scene oh fuck and it was yeah. clear they had it yeah. they did one take and he's just like oh yes. Hi thanks there. for watching a movie yeah. you might like your popcorn yeah <laughs> that was uh, big they ran that for years yeah i would I, I don't blame them like yeah I you got there. woody harrelson no, i, I yeah. was there recently they still use that good they really yeah, it's a good I went, one. I went there. I saw Stop Making Sense over the weekend. Oh so, yeah, so good, so goddamn good. Um, little tangent there, but yeah, honestly, yeah, dude, I love Stop Making Sense. That movie fuck, and fuck, I'll talk album. You love I, you seem like a Talking Heads kind of guy. I definitely 
when I was white, I've been I've I've fallen into a bit of an obsession recently. I've been listening to it a lot again uh, and annoying my girlfriend. Um, but watching this, I was like, damn, every band needs to have something like this because it instantly makes me like, oh, this is my favorite band. Now. Yeah, it's... having the best concert film of all time. You mean, yeah, every yeah. band should have that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I I I get it now. Like it's all adding up. Um, yeah, it was so good. Uh, Home. Is where I wanna be. Yeah, Pink Pink Floyd has a has a, like a film for their like metal album that made me like them less because it was really? like, it was filmed so horribly. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> or uh, what's the the last waltz Scorsese's movie or the band? Yeah, never seen that one. I haven't seen too like any concert films really at all, so I I'm not really comparing Stop Making Sense to anything. I mean, of the ones I've seen, Stop Making Sense is like in a different league. Like, no offense, Scorsese, but Stop Making Sense is yeah. Like, it's just one of the best movies. Uh, yeah, it definitely seemed like it, they were making. It's it was weird. It was like a concert film where it felt like they were making a film before concert. Yeah. Um, and like, there's so many aspects of the performance. I was like, oh, this was like intended for, for the camera specifically. Like the like the one shot where they are um, in Once in a Lifetime, where the entire song, like their biggest hit, is after all this like energetic like the camera going everywhere for every every other song once in a lifetime is just on david byrne for most of it and then he does like a little he goes down he winds down and then winds back up and then it cuts to just this like <laughs> ethereal picture with the backup dancers and the keyboardist and the drummer in the background like just existing in, in blank air um and then with david byrne in the foreground i was just like oh that's cool. Yeah, good movie. I hope I get to see it while it's still in theaters. You guys want to move on to Bad Letter Boys? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, it, take it away. So this first review comes from Ryan Avalos. Ryan says, sorry, this was insane, and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. I mean, yeah, it's... but that's not really an issue. <laughs> yeah, Sam. Yeah, it's, it's not really that hard to follow at the end of the day. It's like they're getting attacked by a ghost. You know, if you're like one of those plot cells who demands that everything be coherent, then yeah, but right. just go with the vibes, man. It's just a fun, crazy movie. Honestly, he's, look, there's a little circle telling you where to look, so don't worry about it. <laughs> just follow the camera. Yeah, what did you not get about this? <laughs> uh, this next review comes from Coley Reviews. They must be like a YouTuber. Uh, they say, I don't even know, man. I trusted you, letterbox bitches. <laughs> it's kind of funny. This is like peak letterbox bitches movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, you, if you're talking to a girl and she says she has a letterbox, just assume that House is one of her four favorites. Yeah. It's one of those movies where the only post that exists is the criteria poster. Yeah. It's a good poster, too. The, like bright orange cat yeah it's very halloween no, i i love the box art for this movie yeah yeah i got the i got the criterion blu-ray i bought it to impress a girl <laughs> and it didn't work yeah you know it's weird buying a, a criterion blu-ray did not help me <laughs> in the dating pool <laughs> who'd have thunk uh this yeah. next review comes from martin stevens Martin says, what an absolute steaming turd of a movie this is. It's a bad acid trip performed by village idiots and was a complete waste of my fucking time. 
chill. Okay. Yeah, bro, you gotta calm down. What the but hell? It's only. It's also only ninety minutes. It's it really... it's like eighty eight. It's you're yeah. in and out. Like. Yeah, honestly, like the lowest, the lowest reviews on Letterbox are just honestly like the worst because it's also it's almost always just someone saying like, I didn't know what was happening. This is boring. Yeah. Imagine or, saying this is boring about this movie. I, yeah, I know. That's great. <laughs> you have that's... like a D D D D if you are bored by this movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You've watched too much skibbity toilet if you can't keep your attention on this movie. <laughs> or like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, this isn't like a, this isn't like a movie I super love or is one of my favorites, but it's one that I'll always go to bat for. I'll uh, you got a shooter in in me house. I'll I'll stand up for you. It's definitely a movie I would rewatch, um, for sure. I I was def- I I really enjoyed it. You know, it felt like it was very kitschy, but I don't know, very intentional at the same time. Yeah, this movie knows what it's doing. Like, people, there was a lot of reviews I saw where it's like, this was not so bad, it's good. It's like, it wasn't intending to be. Like, it knows what it's doing. It's, it's right. camp, I guess, you know. If you can't handle yeah. if you can't handle that, then don't watch right. it. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's like they're literally acting like they're in a music video uh, half the time. It's fun. Uh, this next review comes from Reed Langley. Reed says, I found this to be one of the most annoying movie experiences ever with some atrocious editing choices. I know a lot of them were on purpose, but this was just not for me at all. I know a lot of them were on purpose. Some of them were accidental. So, yeah. I gotta say, of all the criticisms, saying that it's annoying is the one that I could buy maybe the most. Because there was a point where I was watching this where I was like, okay, I just need, I need to take a second, like, walk, <laughs> have some silence, not look at anything, just close my eyes. I gotta be, there were points where I was, like, getting a little overstimulated, but that's the only criticism I can get when people, like, this gave me a fucking headache, but. Yeah. Yeah, getting overstimulated, even looking at Gorgeous's apartment with her dad (laughs) it's like yeah her her bedroom was fucking extra to the yeah yeah yeah. and then there yeah i just keep on thinking about that that balcony that they have for some reason (laughs) that weird uh whatever you call it fence with all the you know misadjusted like squares in it um kind of framing it was yeah (laughs) <laughs> just a bright orange and bright purple at the same time sunset yeah i i can't imagine like seeing this movie in a theater i gotta be real i would probably have to walk out for a second <laughs> it's just a lot like if my entire field of vision was just house 1977 i might go a little mad i think it's the way hey, it's how it was meant to be it's like you're really there you're really in the house i've gone mad yeah. All right, this final review comes from Avery Harrison, and it's a little long, and I honestly didn't even read it, so it might not be good. But uh, Avery says, 
Literally don't even know if I want to be a filmmaker after watching this. I'd rather saw my dick with a dull rusted blade and kick a nail in my toe. Why swimming in a pool of syringes than watching another second of this terrible film, if you can even call it a film. I think a crime against humanity would be more accurate. I feel because of this film, the world would have been better off if cameras had never been invented. I have lost all faith in humanity. What a fucking edgelord. What a fucking douche. My God. This, this movie, movie made, made me not want to be a filmmaker. It's like, good. We yeah, need less of those. <laughs> yeah. you, you should not have been one in the first place. Yeah. Like, this this is definitely a movie. This is a good, like, litmus test for if you fuck or not, this movie. It's yeah. like, if it upsets you, you do not fuck it. You really suck. Mm-hmm. This movie's so important. That's just one That's of the funniest. in film school. That's one of the funniest criticisms to lead with is this made me not want to direct movies. It's like, no one's asking you to. <laughs> Good. Like, yeah. oh no, yeah. we're going to lose Avery Harrison letterbox users films. I'm going to go to there. What's, yeah, what's his top four? Um, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Normie, Normie. Avery's top four are Rocky, <laughs> The Dark Knight, Princess Mononoke, and The Empire Strikes Back. Wow. Uh, I mean, <laughs> some, some, wait, wait, wait. What was that last one? The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, okay, fine, whatever. I'm going to uh, read one of their <laughs> recent reviews, but not tell you what the movie is. Oh, sweet, uh, yes. They gave it three stars. Better than expected. Some pretty big plot holes, and it didn't really focus on the villain, but considering we already knew who he was and the context he showed up in, I think it was appropriate. Action sequences were really good compared to what the MCU has given us recently. Wait, what? This is a movie that we've covered on the show. Oh, covered. This is not a DC movie, is it? It's a DC. Oh, the Flash? It's The Flash. They gave Flash three stars. Oh, my goodness. Look, if wow, you consider okay. House a crime against humanity, but not The Flash... Like that's that's a Joker opinion. You you have to be you have to be fooling. Yeah. No, you're you're an immediately invalidated. Like the Flash literally brings back dead actors. How is that not a crime against humanity? Damn. This guy probably just thought that the uh, that Flash did House better. Basically, Kung Fu is kind of like a Flash character in many ways. You stop <laughs> saying <laughs> yeah. words. Stop that. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> but also Avery yeah, Harrison's oh, profile. a lot of flash vibes. I'm going to recreate what Avery Harrison's <laughs> profile picture is. This is Avery Harrison's profile picture on their letterbox. Oh, wow. For nice. those of you at home, it's me doing the, like, you know, when directors make a little square with their hands, their fingers, and it's right in front of their face. Very cool. There are no oh, links. Are we, are we, no, wait, hold on, hold on. Are we bullying a kid? Is this like a... a a 12 year old that we're bullying right now it's a public forum this... they shouldn't be on the it's internet if forum. they can't handle it yeah. <laughs> i just all can't this... believe it i can't believe a full-grown adult would do that they look young ish but probably like, i would say probably like 19 i'm gonna guess avery's like 19 oh yeah you can bully a 19 year old that's fair game i that's bully younger than that every day <laughs> yeah uh avery you shouldn't be a filmmaker you should hang it in I want to read some of the comments on uh, this. Uh, someone just said, yeah, you shouldn't be a filmmaker. If you can't appreciate this film, how the fuck would you expect to make any film remotely as unique and interesting as this? Got him. Avery yeah. responded to that. Taking bizarre visuals to create a film of absolute randomness and then assigning a meaning to it is not creative. It's just stupid. 
Now excuse me while I go watch The Flash. Yeah. (laughs) A a movie that I think is a lot better than I expected. Yeah. (laughs) All the random bullshit and special effects thrown onto the screen is giving me a lot of DC Cinematic Universe vibes. When they they made (laughs) Nicolas Cage AI Superman, that's cinema to me. Oh, God, I can't. can't When they brought back George Reeves from the dead. Yeah. A man who famously killed himself because he couldn't escape being Superman. Now in death, he still can't escape it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'm getting irrationally flesh. angry. <laughs> put, it, put the reviews down, AJ. <laughs> put them down. This is bad for me. Is this podcast making my life worse? It's, you seem a little bit more cynical every time I come on. I really... I, I and, get... I, and I started with... Yeah, you started with Dawn of, with Batman v Superman, Dawn of, v, of Justice, Don Don v Don Don v Justice, Don Johnson. Uh, let's do some final <laughs> thoughts and then hit the road. Ellis, you want to start us off? Yeah, final thoughts. Um, it was a very chaotic, uh, very like kind of controlled anarchy of a movie. Um, it was about the, you know, it's about deep generational <laughs> envy and uh what inferior not inferiority but um anyway fuck it, i can't come up with the words it was good it was a good time i too feel a fire burning under me and i feel like uh it'd be nice if my face peeled off <laughs> and i became a ghost that'd be wild if you just saved that for the end of the episode that you could do that <laughs> yeah i've actually be, yeah I died years ago. <laughs> Ellis died 10 years ago today. Whoa. We should get a ghost on the show. Uh, yeah. Do a little postscript at the end of the episode. <laughs> Turns out Ellis actually died back in high school. I'm just going to have the bio be RIP Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to start chilling my watermelons and wells now, too. I learned a cool trick for the house. Yeah, so, I don't feel like that works. Does that work? It was real. I looked it up. Like, oh, okay. his, his kid would do that. Or he did that at one point when he was a kid. I was going to say, would that not make things like mushy if you put them yeah, in I feel like water? It's, yeah. I do not know the secrets of Japanese cooking. I just know what they're doing. <laughs> you do, that's literally why we brought you on the episode, Ellis. Is hey, come uh, on, Ellis. You're going to do a Japanese <laughs> cooking corner. I'm sorry. I just get... I don't I don't want to be the voice of the whole country. That's all, okay? You're tired of carrying that weight. Ellis, please read the fucking description next time you come on. It was all about your Japanese, you know, uh, cooking expertise. Sorry. <laughs> uh Gabe, you wanna go next? Yeah. Um, you know, this is uh this is a really good I mean, I feel like this was a good time to watch. Um there's a lot of standout, you know, you know, special effects that I had a good time. You know, it, it I don't know. This movie's a bit of a clusterfuck but it's a good time um no alcohol required is my overall rating so uh take it or leave it yeah take that art girls um <laughs> i'll finish it out um yeah i like it it's good it's not one of my favorites i've seen it a couple times now and i don't know when i'll revisit it but it's definitely never left my mind like i'm never like what happened in house i mean beyond like what happened in house <laughs> But yeah, a lot of striking visuals. It's a fun, insane, good time. Get your friends together, get a little drunk, watch House. Can't go wrong. I want to apologize to the art girls. I feel like we didn't talk about the movie a lot. We spent more time talking about Skibidi Toilet, but... <laughs> Honestly, this does feel like a Japanese version of Skibidi Toilet. 
<laughs> or at least Skibidi Toilet is our American version of House. Oh my God. Uh, Ellis, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, no, I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing to plug. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me on. That's right. Thank you so much for coming on, Ellis. Yeah, You're one of our on. favorite guests. We'll have you back. We got some cool movies on the horizon yeah. that i know you got takes on but you're always welcome on the show yeah i love to formulate takes <laughs> i love to figure out what i think about a movie halfway through a podcast where i'm supposed to <laughs> we love to about what i thought about a movie find out what we think about the bombings of hiroshima on, live <laughs> on a podcast honestly much much to think about yeah but uh, thank you all for listening. Be sure to come back next week. We're going to be talking The Blob. That's just Gabe and me. Woo! No one else is coming on The Blob. It's going to be a, a four-hour episode where we talk all <laughs> things Blob. It's Blob Night in America. Blob, 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 Blob. Blob, na- blob Nation. Blob Nation. Uh, we're gonna, <laughs> we're blob. blob shooters. <laughs> blob is so good. I haven't seen The Blob yet, but <laughs> uh, I will by the time we record it. <laughs> it is... <laughs> There's a lot of very boring parts, but it's got a it's got a blob for sure. Wait, Ellis, you wanted to come on for blob, didn't you? I that did want to I did want to come on for blob, but I have a wedding that weekend yeah. on Sunday. So Wait, we, are, are, we, we could have rearranged the schedule. Was that an option? I didn't tell Ellis that. I fucking got Yes, it. that's always game. I didn't. Uh, sorry, I didn't want to impose. No, no, don't feel like that. To be fair, I I don't know how we would have gotten through this full episode uh, just Gabe and me talking about house. I feel like we could riff on the blob together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That'll be one where if we don't talk about the blob a lot, it won't really matter. But yeah, come back next week. We're talking about the blob. We're going to be talking about a bunch of fun horror movies coming up. And be sure to follow us on Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube. Watch Skibbity Toilet. Uh, tell your neighbors, compliment. They'll feel good even if it's not a big part of your day. Uh, be sure to get your Halloween costumes. Uh, I need to get on that because it's getting close to the party time. Someone's about to open the door. I can sense it. So I'm going to end it right now. We'll see you in a haunted house.